All right, so we are we are recording right now. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Christian Buddy Show. I'm now in the presence of Austin. He's the host of Combat Kitchen Podcast. How are you feeling, Austin? How's how's it going? I'm feeling great. I, I actually just earned my uh, brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu today, uh, so it's quite exciting, a big accomplishment. Um, yeah, lots of things going on. Congratulations. That's a very big achievement. And how long have you been doing uh, BJJ for? I started training in, I started training MMA, uh, mixed martial arts in um, 2000, like 2010, 11, something like that. Um, and uh, I, I moved, when I moved to Georgia, though, um, I trained for a little bit and there was a lot of drama in like the local gym scenes. Um, when I, when I moved uh, here, I didn't know anybody. All my friends actually turned out to be rock climbers. So I, I've been training jujitsu for about three years. Um, when I stopped training and I, I got pretty, pretty heavy into rock climbing, uh, outdoor rock climbing, um, for about five or six years. Um, and then I've been training jujitsu full-time again. Um, well, not like my full-time job, but like <laughs> full-time recreation um for uh probably the last two probably the last two and a half three years something like that cool yeah i've been listening to this guy called john danaher i'm sure you've heard of him uh he's you know he's he's the master behind the death squad uh gordon ryan and all these freaks i only know him because of joe rogan i kind of listened to him but he is such an interesting person to listen to because he has this this crazy background uh, what what's your opinion of of the whole John Danaher thing and and Gordon Ryan and all these superstars? Well, uh, well, the the Danaher Death Squad has recently disbanded. Actually, um, oh no, yeah. Uh, well, my understanding is they they uh, when like COVID happened, um, obviously like they were originally based uh, at Henzo Gracie's Academy in New York City like maximum lockdowns. Right. So, but they're like full-time competitors. It's their job. So they temporarily moved to Puerto Rico. Um, and then they've been there for a while and and the, the greater team couldn't kind of like decide where they wanted to move their home base to. Right. Um, so I, I think a group is staying in Puerto Rico and a group is uh, moving to, uh, Texas. Um, but I, I think, I think Danaher is absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Um, I have done a lot of work myself in the last few months, months, listening to podcasts that he's been on lots of Dan Hurd videos, but just trying to understand the way he thinks like not, I mean, his techniques are great and very precise. Um, but there's something about the way that he thinks and the way he teaches and coaches that obviously translates to a tremendous amount of success for his athletes and not because he recruited athletes right from another team or something like that like he's built these guys from the ground up um essentially i believe he's got a background in philosophy so he's almost in a sense some sort of mad scientist that yeah he can see he's very clinical in the way that he thinks and very methodical and yeah i guess his output now he's 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 had so much great success um yeah it's it's pretty interesting and I guess has there been is because BJJ is a humbling sport. I've I've only I've only had one BJJ lesson, so I'm not an expert. But um, yeah, man, it's like, um, do you feel like it's a humbling experience, or what's been your journey so far? Yeah, yeah. Um, I 
when I started, well, like I said, when I started, I was doing MMA, mixed martial arts. Um, I had wrestled in the high school and college, um, just a little bit in college at a small division three school. Um, and that was right in like prime title nine era, uh, um, which is a, it's a law um, in the U.S. to sort of balance male and female sports. Um, so we lost our, our wrestling program at the college I was at. Um, and I was looking for like I wanted to fight, like it was the next natural thing, the closest thing to do. Um, so uh, when I started, I, I, I was living and dying for competitions. Um, and I've talked about this a lot with people, actually. Um, it, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think like everybody should compete. Um, and I don't use that word should very often. But I think people sh- like should compete just so you can have an opinion on it, right? Maybe it's yeah. not for you. Maybe it is. But you don't know until you try it and it will bring unquestionably bring something out of you that hasn't been tested or examined before. Even if you're not interested in like self-defense or anything like that, like the process brings something out of you. Um, then when you think about like when I fast forwarded to climbing, it was very much like um, the roots of, of uh, rock climbing in America are like California counterculture and like backwoods hippies. So um it's a very strange like counterculture like remove like just go with the flow bro you know like you you live you just live for the soul of the sport right yeah so um when i came back to brazilian jiu-jitsu that was i wasn't sure i wasn't i mean it was a big goal just to like come back and train again because i was off for almost twice as long as i had been training the first in the first place um you know, so I, I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to compete again. Um, just because I really like, I like the creative side. I like exploring just like the soul of the sport. Um, and then I did compete again <laughs> um, and, and, and have done quite like, I guess I'm not a purple belt anymore, uh, but I did quite well as, as a purple belt, far better than I did um, as a white belt. Um you know, I, I feel like competing, I've talked about this with other black belts as well. I feel like competing keeps you honest as well. There's nothing wrong with staying like training at your local academy. Um, and I mean, we all slow down with age some, like regardless of like your starting point, like your, our bodies get older, right? Um, but I, I feel like competing at least once in a while, um, maybe a couple times a year, once or twice a year, like it just keeps you realistic. There's no there's nowhere to hide in the competition arena. Uh, there's no chance of a, a big fish in a small pond syndrome if you're putting yourself out there. Um, and, 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 you know, in jujitsu, they break it down about as fair as you can get. You're split up by age, you're split up by weight and you're split up by belt rank. So I, you can't really, you can't get much more fair of a breakdown than that to, to test yourself. Yeah, right. You touched on you touched on an interesting point there. The the male and female law to sorry to to separate male and females in competitive sports. What 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 what's law is that? That's a very that's an interesting law. Yes, it is. It is now, especially considering the um, climate of our, our our current political climate around gender and things like and athletics and things like that. Um, or, or at least in the United States, um, it was it was to balance like the financial budgets of to make sure there was equal funding for male and female sports uh, in okay. American universities. Okay, interesting. All right. Um, 
And I hear that you're a carnivore as well. I mean, I mean, is is it all kind? Is is most of your meals uh, meat based, or is there any? Uh, no, there's nothing. It's all meat based, is it? Or yeah, 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 yeah. I don't expand too much on that. Um, I mean, I've I've experimented. Like, uh, so just so everybody knows, I when I started a carnivore diet, this has been about a year and a half now. I I expected it to fail. I was like, this is fucking stupid there's no way this is like i just figured i'm in good enough health that i can give anything a try for 30 days and see what happens um and then the longer i did it the better and better and better and like it just keeps getting better um but i have experimented with any um like moving like some some fruit and berries honey um different forms of dairy um you know, I, I just to, just to try it now that I've cleaned out the system, kind of just like seeing how it feels. Um, really, for me, it's really just uh, all all cuts of beef, a lot of beef trimmings to it, beef fat. Um, I do eat the organs. Um, I have an aff- affiliation with Heart and Soil supplements, and I think that's a great option. Like if you're if you're traveling um, or don't have access, but I. <laughs> People think like eating organs is gross. And I think that's a problem. That's part of us being disconnected from our food sources and all that. Um, but like it, it's, that's, that's part of the process. That's part of like, like they're extremely nutrient dense. So for me, it's really just beef, um, beef fat, beef organs. And I, I do eat eggs and I do drink coffee. Yes. I love a bit of coffee. I've, I've already had my first today. Uh, I was, I was looking forward to it. I went for a long walk in the morning and yeah, I just went to my local, cafe and just got a coffee and yeah this this might sound like a little bit of bro science like it may it may not make sense but with the with with the carnivore diet i guess do you think there is is there any research to show that it boosts your testosterone or is it is there any uh yeah mm-hmm. do you know yeah yeah so i think um i don't know off the top of my head, I, I mean, so I want to say like probably, probably a lot of the benefits to your testosterone increase is the removal of, um, of estrogenic compounds via soy, plastics, um, grains, all, all kind of like trash foods that are causing inflammation and lots of cloggage and malfunction in your immune system and um, endocrine system anyway. Um, so I would guess that by removing those things, you do get a pretty good bump in your testosterone, um, especially if you're really embracing like these lifestyle components of lifting heavy weights, getting a lot of time in the sun, which um, vitamin D would have a big factor on in improving testosterone levels. Um, the meat itself, I think you can make just going off the cuff here. I think you can make a pretty good case that like getting appropriate levels of protein and amino acids. Um, and B vitamins, uh, is going to have, going to give you a, a pretty good boost in energy. Um, and I, I could see, I could see that being reasonable that your testosterone would increase as well. Yeah. I know my own experience, if I have a steak or a bit of meat or in the morning, I always feel a little, I always feel a bit elevated, more elevated energy. Uh, and I can't really explain that it's, yeah, it's maybe it's subjective or, but um, yeah, that's just my own personal experience in that. And was there any reason why you chose this uh, style of eating? Was, what sure. was the... 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for, I mean, plus or minus some ups or downs in the last like 10 years or so, I've been a pretty big advocate and a pretty big fan of like Rob Wolf and, and Mark Sisson's work. Okay. Um, this is like circa mid 2000s um, or, or late, mid, late 2000s. Um, and the paleo, when Rob wrote The Paleo Solution, Mark Sisson's book, The Primal Blueprint came out. Um, and that sort of like primal lifestyle really made sense to me. It made sense to be trying to eat more ancestrally appropriate, to be um, lifting heavy things, unconventional objects, spending time in the sun, um, having real relationships with people, um, all those kind of things. Um, and, and I had stuck with that for quite a long time. And um, when I decided I wanted to do jujitsu again, I had gained a little weight uh, like climbing because it's not, honestly, you don't need a great physique. You need tremendous back shoulders and like tensile strength in your fingers. Um, so I gained a little weight and, uh, I went to like a ketogenic diet, uh, or ketogenic macro ratios. And I wanted to keep that primal ancestral, um, sort of mindset, uh, in place. Um, I went on a ketogenic diet for about a year to just try to lose weight to see if I can get literally get back to my fighting weight. Um, and after doing that for about a year, I found myself kind of like, uh, at this crossroads where I was eating a lot of like the quest bars, um, lots of shakes, lots of fat bombs. Um, and I felt okay, but I was just like, there's something, something this, missing. Isn't, this isn't quite right. I, yeah. I've gotten away from, I've gotten away from the core values um, and I don't remember exactly how I caught wind of a carnivore diet. Um, I just thought like, well, I'll give it a try and see what happens. I think it's stupid. It's not going to work. Um, but, uh, after the first 30 days, um, I didn't die <laughs> needless to say. Um, and nothing crazy happened with my like blood panels or anything. Um, you know, I, I was already fairly well researched. I mean, not nearly as much as now, but in terms of like cholesterol and, and the skewed science. Can, sorry. Um, can I just, can I just intercept you there? So I've heard, I've had, I had a guest on my show, um, two, two episodes ago, and he mentioned he got a high cholesterol read from his, uh, from eating too much meat. Now, is that, mm -hmm. is there any fact in that? Or is that uh, more of a, uh, an opinion, a self opinion? Is there any, do you know if there's any research into that or? I do. Um, I, I think it, like it will, it will raise your cholesterol. I don't think okay. that's a bad thing. Right. Um, I think if you have really high, really elevated triglycerides, that's a bad thing. I think if you have a, a chronically low HDL, I think that's a bad thing. I think we're missing a lot of nuance when it comes to LDL and LDL particle counts and things like that. Um, it's, it's not even worth me arguing with like, like I get my own blood work done and read it myself because I, I, I'm tired of arguing with doctors that want to put me on drugs. Um, like, because, because my dad, uh, he's in, sorry, he's sorry to cut you off there, but my, my dad was in, in, in the position of having high cholesterol and the doctors recommended, um, uh, a statin or PSCS. It's statin. They recommended him statin. And now he's taking statin. Um, and uh, what 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 we did is we did we was doing intermittent fasting. We did a so th this 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 was a crazy idea. What we were going to do is we were my dad was going to do a three day fast. So we did a three day fast, and then he was going to get his cholesterol levels read after that. But what mm -hmm. happened was that I don't know 
what the doctor did. Like he, he, I don't know if he uh, recorded the correct levels because there's so many different. Um, like it's it's a pretty obviously it's a it's scientific it's very complicated but um his cholesterol didn't go down after the three day fast so we, he's he's taking the pills uh now but I don't think he he needs to though does he like he, we should be able yeah. to get this, yeah so the um you know uh, we have like the problem we have here is in uh the efficacy of these drugs and the side effects. So statins in particular will come with a higher risk of, of diabetes and dementia and aggression uh, and anxiety. So um, take that for what you will. On the other hand, they do, they will absolutely lower your LDL count. Now we have to ask like, is that a problem? Because the drug manufacturers will, will um, report a relative decrease in cardiovascular risk but it's not an absolute risk. And that makes a big difference. Uh, I, I made a post recently on Instagram about this. Um, if your relative risk doubles, goes up 100%, that sounds like a big deal, right? But if I tell you that your absolute risk only went from 1% chance to 2%, that's, that's a drop in the bucket. What else are you doing that is going to have a much bigger effect than that? <laughs> there's um there's so much yeah there's so much misinformation uh i recently had uh justin i believe it's justin bryan from food lies he's he's i'm sure you're aware of him sorry mm -hmm. yeah brian sanders jesus i have to remember so many i've got so many people on the podcast he's trying to keep up with everyone's yes. name um but yeah he's a, he's an interest he's a fascinating dude he's he was an engineer and now he's getting into this whole uh yeah eat sustainably and uh that kind of primal theme and yeah, it's, um, it seems to be taking, I know in America, it's quite pop. Like I'm from Australia. I'm from Melbourne. It's quite popular in that, uh, in, in the States and it's not as popular here in Melbourne. I don't know. We've got too many vegans. They're just bloody, they're just taking <laughs> over. <laughs> they're just taking over, you know, that yeah. nah, because we, we actually had a, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we had a, uh, a vegan protest in the city and they, and they bloody block the traffic. Like, I don't mind that you're going yeah. to give out your opinion, but don't, but don't uphold society with your, you know, people that want to get to work. Why are you yeah. blocking them from getting to work? It's just yeah. crazy. There's, there's something, and there's something, I mean, we talk all about the science and the efficacy of like regenerative agriculture and animal welfare and nutrition and all that. But there's something painfully ironic about preaching wellness and love and compassion and preservation of life for sentient beings and carrying out that message in an exceedingly vindictive and insidious way to other people. Hateful. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it is ironic. And um, Rich Roll is I think he's got a he's got a quite an interesting opinion on the whole thing. He's he's a vegan himself. And yeah. have you seen his piece? He he talks about how uh, even if you had an avocado farm or something, you're still uh, there's still some damage you're going to be causing to yes. the yeah. yes. I, I think that's a much more reasonable approach. I want <laughs> I wish I knew more vegans like that. Um, I, like because I, I think that's that at least allows for a conversation. It at least allows for nuance. It allows us to have it allows us to disagree and still have a conversation with each other. Um, 
without sort of like being punitive or judgmental towards the other person. Yeah, absolutely. So are you getting back into the ring anytime soon or have you got, is that the goal or? Probably. Um, my last, my last competition, see, so I did one in like September of last year and then January of this year. Um, so it probably is, it probably is about time, probably is about time again. Um, especially with a recent, with a recent promotion, you're kind of, you don't have anything to lose. You know, if you're, you're sort of worried about like, um, these internal battles go on forever, right? It's not like the easy, (laughs) the easy opponent is the one that is going to like punch me and strangle me. Like the hard opponent is, is the one I look at in the mirror. Right. Um, cause there are all these psychological games we play, um, and, and expectations and your identity and things like that. But if you, if you've recently been promoted or something, or say you haven't competed in years, like you just kind of go out there and go for broke. I think I just found the, uh, audio clip for this podcast. Um, the, the, the person that is, so I'm going to re I'm going to try and rephrase it. So, so it's, it's not your opponent. It's not your external opponent. That's your biggest opponent. It's the person in the mirror. That's a, that's a very powerful statement to make. And not many people are willing to, I guess, put themselves through the, the, the trials and tribulations of, of, uh, of going through those painful learning experiences. Um, like I'll give you an example. Like I, I recently took up, um, stand up comedy and mm-hmm. I, I did my second, my first gig last night and I, and I absolutely sucked. Like, um, <laughs> but you did it. I did it. Yeah. Did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I think like, like climbing is a really powerful metaphor for this. Right. Um, so if you're really like testing your limit, you're really pushing hard and, and you fall, let's say it's a roped climb, right? So you don't like hit the ground you fall, your rope catches you, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you get mad. In fact, you're like, you're screaming to tears. The rock did not do that to you. That rock has been exactly how it is for 10,000 fucking years. It doesn't like anything you feel, whether it's success, joy, sorrow, pain, anger, regret, that's coming from you. And there's no two ways about it. So, I mean, so I, I think similarly of, like, yeah, this, especially if we're fighting for money, like a guy will try to hurt me, but like the, that's not, that's, that's a, a few minutes. It's, it's a couple rounds. It's like, versus like the weeks, the years and thousands of hours that you spend fighting with your gra- grappling with yourself to try to, to try to even get, get up the courage or call it whatever you want to get in to get into a competition, to put yourself in a situation like that, the work has been done, or at least it needs to have been done, you know, way well before when you step, step on the competition arena. Very true. Yes. And putting the spotlight on your climbing experience, what's been, yeah. Can you run this, run the, run me through your journey um, with climbing? Sure. So, um, I moved to Georgia in uh, 2012. Um, I had lived in Illinois my whole life prior, 
Um, so, and I moved for graduate school uh, when I was getting my master's in psychology. Um, and it turned out like all, just all the friends that I made there um, were climbers. In fact, one of my, my best friends to this day still, I had met him in my first class in grad school and he was a climber. And um, I, I think, I think I'd been interested in climbing. This is before it like really took off and was in the Olympics or anything like that. Um, I always been interested in climbing. I thought it was cool, but like I was in the Midwest, like we just had cornfields. Like there's not, there aren't rocks to climb. Yeah. So, um, so I thought it was cool. So I started hanging out with him and then um, kind of just, I really embraced like the, I had always liked being uh, in the wilderness, being outdoors, um, camping and, and, and all that kind of stuff, um, running barefoot through the mountains and all that um, is great. So, I mean, I really just, really just embraced it. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of self-development comes from that. Like, um, um, I've heard a lot of, I was doing a lot of podcasts recently that talk about like people not being able to be alone. Uh, they're not able to spend time with themselves. They can't <laughs> stand the thought of not thinking like they can't be themselves. We have to have these, these, uh, you know, micro, micro gods in our pocket all the time um we have to constantly be connected and doing but like in the mountains you probably don't have reception anyway um and if you're say bouldering um which is like you know you're not no ropes but you have like crash pads to fall onto but you can go do that by yourself and oftentimes i did for just that reason like you you have to be by yourself you have to learn about yourself so that metaphor i used earlier like like it's 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 very, very powerful. And it's a very powerful meditative tool to have to have to reconcile that, to have to be able to spend time by yourself. Um, not to mention the benefits of physical activity and being in nature as well. Yeah, it's, it's a scary thing, the human mind. It's, it's, I guess that's why there's so much anxiety and depression and, and mental illness now, because the human mind is um, my experience, my short experience, I'm 30 years old and my short experience on this planet, uh, yeah, this thing will eat you alive if you allow it to. Uh, so I mean, yeah, being in nature, being connected, these are all things that, uh, are just kind of second nature, uh, are just hardwired and built into us. I mean, we're kind of forgetting that, that, um, yeah, that instinct to be, to live like a prop, uh, an ancestor, an ans our ancestors did. So, um, what's been your, your scariest experience mountain climbing? Has there been any scary experiences mountain yeah. climbing? <laughs> I'm sure there was, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, there was a, um, I've always been like an avid boulderer. Um, and I, I got really into traditional climbing, which is where you place your own, usually you fo follow like a crack or some sort of fissure system um, and you place your own protection in there if then your second takes out or when you repel back down you you take it out and collect your gear um there's a lot of risk and responsibility with that again like a lot of people don't want to take that they don't want to take that risk and they can't handle the responsibility um because the reality is if i poorly place a piece of gear and i fall and it pulls out i die um yeah pretty so um, so I did have, um, 
I was a really difficult time in my life. Um, but I was, I don't know, just to su- suffice to say, like I was, I don't think I was actively suicidal, but I was, I was really, really pushing the limit with a lot of things in terms of like risk. Um, I, I'm, I don't know how else to say it. Like I was really walking a fine edge um, with some of that stuff. So um, I, I had, I climbed, I was kind of climbing at my limit. Um, and, and what I just mentioned did happen. Like I fell, the, uh, the gear pulled out of the wall. Um, so I didn't just fall that much, like it pulled out and I fell that much again. Um, so, you know, if I'm at the top of the climb, typically how it works is when you fall, you don't just fall back to your last piece of protection. You fall that much again. And, and then the rope stretches a little. What happened here was I fell and that gear pulled. So uh, it's probably like a 40 foot fall. Um, I did, thankfully, I, uh, um, my Blair did a good job and I didn't, um, I didn't hit the ground. I didn't even get hurt, but um, that it, it definitely rattled me. In fact, like it rattles me more watching the video clip now or, or like thinking about it. Um, just how close I was, you know, I, I kind of like, as soon as like the adrenaline like slowed down, I, I went and climbed like a much easier route. Cause I didn't want that shock to like stop me from ever doing climbing again. Um, but just like reflecting on that was like, man, uh, that, that could have been it easy. Like, and it was just any given day. It's not like I was in the spotlight or a sponsored athlete or like, not that any of that makes it easier, but like, it, it was just, that would, that could have been it so easy. My battery's just about to run it. I'm just going to quickly change my battery. I'll be, be right back. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, this one's got a low battery as well. All right. Um, look, I'll look. We we can wrap it up there. That should be fine. Um, I know. I think you got some things on. So, um, I guess I'll leave the final. Sorry. Let me just fix this up. Um, okay. Okay. Um, so just for a bit of context, guys, um, my battery is about to run out. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up. It's a pretty, I should have charged my batteries. Um, but, uh, what's the final message you'd like to leave with the, with the audience, Austin? Oh man. Um, I, I really just want, um, I really just want people to, to love, love themselves and love each other better and, and, live radical, awesome lives. Um, and I, I don't, I, that sounds stupid in some ways, but I, I just want, um, I want people to have, I want people to like be happy in their skin, be happy with their lives, be happy with their relationships and, and not in like a, um, like a trite content way. I want, I want people to, to have thriving happiness and thriving physical success. Um, 
I want people awesome. to live awesome lives. I second that as well. And you can find, and what's the podcast name called? Is Combat Kitchen? Yes, sir. Uh, it's uh, Combat with a K, Kitchen uh, Podcast. You can find it wherever you're, wherever you get your podcast from. I think it's on all the places. Um, my website uh, is savagezen.co. Uh, and my Instagram handle is the same thing, Savage Zen. No worries. All right. Well, thanks for jumping on. And thanks, guys. Enjoy your day. Thank you. Thank you for having me.